Hello, Doug. Oh, hello, Karen. Nice to speak to you again. Nice to speak to you, too. We are on Hollywood Boulevard. We just recapped a really bad episode of Melrose Place, and we're ready to talk about other shit. Other things. Other Bring things. it. Ooh, I think I might have to sneeze. Hold All on. All right, bless you in advance. Yeah, okay. I think I got rid of it. Oh, okay. Well, if you need me to vamp, let me know. Okay. Um, no, I don't have COVID. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. Somebody might have thought, oh, no, she's sneezing. Do, can I tell you, I, like, every once in a while get um, seasonal allergies. Like, they crop up, like, randomly and oddly. And sometimes, like, I'll have, like, an allergy attack for, like, a day, and then it'll be gone. <laughs> And I don't know if it's just like this, this spring, this past spring, because now it's summer. Um, the pollen has been so like I don't know if like there's been like extra pollen in there or whatever. I've had such a wicked allergies. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's 2020, of course. <laughs> and so like, I like I'm like going to stores and stuff, and I'm like, I swear to God, I'm not sick. I swear, like the grocery store, I'm like, I swear, I'm not sick. My like, and I'm all like. I'm stuffed up and like, you know, like my eyes are tearing and I'm like, no, but I'm not sick. I swear. <laughs> so yeah, 20, 2020, it's been great. <laughs> it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Well now so, even a sneeze can raise everyone's ire. Right. Well, we hope you guys have been doing okay and we'll stay okay. Yeah, and so we've got some we've got some shit to talk about. What do we say? What, what are we talking about here? Well, I kind of want to get to. I mean, I think you've got some really cool stuff going on that I want you to talk about. But I can talk briefly about some of the things hanging out in the ether um, that that I've uh, caught up on. And one is sort of an interesting experience that I want to talk about, which okay. is there was a movie recently released on Hulu called Shirley. Um, which is about the great writer Shirley Jackson. Um, oh. And, and it stars Elizabeth Moss as Shirley. And as fans of our podcast will know, one of mine and my fiance's favorite, 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 favorite actors, Michael Stuhlbarg. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those biopics that's not really a biopic, Um it's adapted from a uh, biography written by Susan Scarf Merrill, um, but it's basically about dis- a period of Shirley Jackson's life when a younger couple moved in as boarders in the house that, that she and her husband shared. Um, so it mostly follows the young couple as they, as they learn more about Shirley, and it's this odd dynamic where Shirley is odd, kind of sickly, a little obsessive, possessive, um, it almost makes the real person seem a bit like a character she may have written herself. Um, <laughs> but our, our protagonists, our guides, are this younger couple, which is um, a model that, I mean, I think a lot of people, it might call to mind, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Because there's an older couple, younger couple dynamic. Um, but they're also like smaller movies. I mean, I know you've seen, because we've talked about it going back to the 90s, the movie California. Where yes. Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis were they? I love that movie. Couple, so it's sort of that dynamic where there's there's two couples. Some are finding out about the other, um, and and Josephine Decker is the director of this movie, and um, uh, the easiest way to put this is I hated it. Really? Yeah, very a, a movie that's like nothing happens. 
And we probably watched, if it's a two-hour movie, we probably watched about 45 to 50 minutes of it. And then we did something we never do, which is we said, that's it, we're turning it off. That is something I never do. I will finish every movie. I will never walk out of a play. I will read every book. If I'm watching a TV series, I will finish a season, almost always. Um, And it was very liberating. I feel like I know enough to know what that experience is. I don't owe anyone involved with this movie anything. Um, Good for them for making it. They've done better things. They will do better things probably again. It's nice that I didn't have to go to a movie theater in a normal world and pay whatever, 17 bucks to see it. Um, I saw enough of it to know what it was, and then I could go on with my life. And I'm glad I did. Well, can I ask you something? Do you? Okay. Yeah, please ask. (laughs) I mean, do you feel like... Because I, I'm, I'm kind of of the ilk, and I remember uh, Joan Kaufman, who writes for the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, got into big trouble a couple of years ago. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Where she yeah. wrote a piece about how she always left at intermission, basically. And, um, like, shamelessly, yes. Shamelessly left at intermission. And it created quite a stink, and everybody was all up in arms about it. And I remember I called Joan... <laughs> because I'm friendly with her and I was like I was like I don't understand why people are mad at you (laughs) I'm like I leave all the time too (laughs) yes I do I do I do I do I do are we just talking about live theater uh, yeah, I will. I, I will walk out of movies. Okay. Um, I, I've, I've walked out of movies. I have. Um, I don't walk out of live theater in the middle of it. Um, I definitely. I wait until intermission. Um, but I've. I mean, I. I left an intermission of The Lion King. I thought it was the most hideous thing I'd ever seen. Um, on say, I mean, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. But the story was killing me, and the fucking music, Circle of Goddamn Life, Jesus yeah. Christ. I was like, no, I can't handle this. I left um, and had a really fun night at the old gay club Splash with a friend of mine. But that's beside the point. Um, yeah, I, I see. I see absolutely nothing wrong. I will start um, like a TV show, and if if I'm not feeling it, we will shut it off and we will walk away. Life is too fucking short, man. You know, life is too short, and so I'm kind of curious. Like, why do you feel like obligated to see these things through? It's mostly out of interest. Now, walking out of the theater is different if I'm writing about it. If I'm there in some transactional capacity, then I do owe it to whoever has given me the tickets, whether I'm going to write about it or vote about it, then I have to then I have to say and see the whole thing. Or I have to be honest and be and be like, look, I just can't write about this. I really thought it was bad, bad, bad. Um, but if I were to do that m- more than a couple times, I would have to check myself and be like, well, what's with you, Doug? Why do you keep having to do this? Right. Um, but movies, TV, book-wise, it's because I, I just don't want to feel like I have missed something. Like, I always say the phrase, now I, know what, now I know what that is. I don't want to say, hey, I thought this book might be good. I'm not really getting it, but I don't want to not finish it and realize, oh, I could have gotten it. I don't want to, you know turn this program off and then realize, oh, if I would watched a bit longer, there would have been something that I really liked or that sent it far away and above. And same thing 
for a movie. If there are, and another thing that is probably similar to Fear of Missing Out is I don't want other people out there to know what this is, and I don't. Well, so if okay. everyone has seen the Avengers movies, and I'm interested enough in the Avengers movies, then I'm going to sit through the whole Avengers movie each time it comes out. Okay, so I have another question for you. Mm-hmm. So, it, okay, so I want to go back to where you kind of feel like it, it, like you want to watch or you want to read or you want to see the whole thing so that almost like you could be proven wrong that this thing is going to be better than what you think it is while you're sitting through it, right? Am I, um, I'm kind of paraphrasing I mean, you a bit. Sort, sort of, yeah. I. It's not even about the, like, the be proven wrong. I just don't want to be wrong about right. it. Well, okay, so, I mean, have you have you ever sort of, like, reached the end of that and said, oh, oh, man, I really just should have stopped an hour ago or two hours ago? Or do you always feel like there, do you always get some sort of satisfaction after the fact? That's, oh, that's exactly the word I was going to use. Almost every time there's some sort of sense of satisfaction that I still feel like I got it more. Like, uh, well, I'll use the, the Netflix show Ozark as an example. I never think it's great. I don't think a single episode of that show is great. Um, but I always want to know what's left. Like every season I'm like, I know there's going to be some twist, some murder, some betrayal, some something. I don't want to have come this far and not see what that is. I don't want to know why they introduced this character. If I'm not going to find out what that payoff is. And even though I don't think it's great, I'm glad I've seen every season through conversely. I think Killing Eve is a stupid fucking show. And I have now watched three full seasons of it, and I will never go back because I've watched enough to know that there's really no there there at this point. So I can say I gave it, I did my due diligence, I gave it its due. And now I'm done with that. Now I know. It's so funny because, like, we're almost we're we're almost opposites. I'm a little bit more nihilistic, I guess. I like, okay, like my example would be justified. I love that show. I absolutely love that show. I still have not finished it. I have not, and I love that series, but I have not finished it because I kind of felt like as we're getting towards the end, and I still loved it, but I felt like it was getting a little repetitive. It was getting a little boring. It was a little less interesting to me. I didn't feel like watching it anymore, and I never picked it up again. And I'm going through the same thing right now with Bosch. This last, there. Oh, the that's last too bad. Season, Although that one did stretch out for a long time. This last season was like started out with like gangbusters, and I was super excited, and I like binge watched an episode or two, and then it started going a bit like kind of slowing down and kind of not as good, and kind. Of, so like I still have I think two more episodes to watch, and I sit down and I'm like, okay, you're gonna watch Bosch, and then I'm just kind of like flipping through, and I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like it. Yeah, not today. Yeah. I hear that. Interestingly, if I look back on my life, the shows that I've given up on have been the ones that I love the most, and that sort of fell the steepest for me. And and usually there's another reason why. Like, I've been traveling a lot, or episodes have piled up on my DVR in the past, and I had to just clean house. Um, but some of the shows I love the most, I just gave up on before their final seasons, and that's how they lost me. Um, I'm thinking of The Practice and The West Wing. Um Oh, I did that with Desperate Housewives, in fact. Mm. Uh, I, I missed the last season and a half or so of Ally McBeal because there were other things going on, but it wasn't enough to pull me back. And yeah, I watched like every episode of the show Becker at the same time because it stay, it kept its plateau. 
the entire time. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't think of many books I've done that with. Yeah. I've been leaving books left and right lately. I feel like I feel like I'm turning a corner. We'll be doing this more often. Let yeah. me lean over and, and, and ask my beloved if this is something we might do more often. Okay. Do you think we'll just stop watching in the middle of things more moving forward? Knowing you, no. She just said, knowing you, no. You so now. She, uh, she brings up, I'm the one who made her stay and watch all of Mama Mia 2 when, when we saw it in the theater. Which yeah, it's hard. You're a horrible I've never, person. I've never, I've never You're walked just out. You're a horrible of person. Stop. For making Stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> I mean, I could have walked out. It's not really four blocks away from the movie theater. Anyway, but I've never, I have never walked out of a movie in the theater, and I think I've only walked out of two live shows twice. What? Yeah, there's been a couple Netflix series we have paused and not returned to. Right. So maybe we'll do that more. I'm big on, I have lists of all the things that I want to watch and see and do, and I love the satisfaction of crossing them off, and I can't cross them off until I have completed them. But I'm sort of forsaking that mentality these days. Yeah, I don't know. I find something really freeing about just letting this stuff go and like you know I because honestly there's just so much stuff out there and not enough time you know what I mean and as much as I would like you know as much like even like stuff I've been enjoying but it's just like I haven't enjoyed it enough I guess you know enjoy this but not enough of course the other thing is all of these kind of forms of culture or entertainment that I'm devouring are also things I want to write to I want to speak to, I want to talk about in other, you know, forms. Mm. So I don't want to be uninformed. I want to be able to, like, I used to review every movie I saw. I used to review every single show I saw on top of a day job. And now I'm kind of like, oh, what's the point? You can. You don't need to do that. You can, you can engage with it fine and not have to write about every single thing. I mean, right now the world of entertainment is Thunderdome, and I'm sort of not really interested in continually trying to find an in with any of the big outlets because they're kind of horrible right now anyway. So all of that, I think, fits together in, in, in a way that is newly freeing to me. Well, you know, speaking of Thunderdome, I mean, like, like just sort of like asking, asking for a friend, no, throwing this out there. Uh -huh. Have you even bothered with any of the streaming shit that's going on for theater? Like, I'm just kind of curious. Or are you just like, nah, we good? Uh, we we sort of talked about it a couple episodes back, but no, like, I don't need a substitute for theater. I have other things to do with my life if I can't see live theater. Oh shit, so we I did talk about this. Like, so, sorry. No. But, I, but as the weeks have gone on, I mean, like, I still haven't done any of that. Um, and you feel, and you been, but you're not getting FOMO with that. No. No, because I don't think it's a substitute for something. I don't think it's the real thing. So I don't think there's anything to moat there. So there's well, no like, even like that Richard Greenberg piece that was written specifically for Zoom. Like, nah, nah, Richard we're good. Nelson, right? Nelson, sorry. The, well, yeah. the public, no, you know, I never saw it. Um, and these are, you know essentially part of a series of shows that I've watched and actors that I care about, but I don't care. Theater for me is meant to be experienced in the theater. And you write a different way when you're writing, not just for TV, but for Zoom, but for streaming. 
and and some of the art just can't carry over. So I just feel, and this is judgy, I suppose, but I'm a critic, so whatever. It just feels lesser and unnecessary. So it's great for the people who feel a void, but it's not for me. I have other things to do with all that time. Okay. All right. Did that sound, that sounded grouchy at the end. And I was just trying to, you know, like stick the landing of what I was saying. But, um, but my point is, I think it's okay to not watch everything or to not finish things you've started. I completely agree with that. And I'm very curious if you can, if you continue this, because I think that it's, I think that it's very freeing and I think it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. It's new rules nowadays. Yes. New rules. Incidentally, they've now hinted that, as we've thought, theater won't come back until early 2021 at at the the soonest. Uh, and I'm actually kind of okay with that. Y'all, I'm going to be unemployed for a long-ass time. Well, I hope you find employment in other avenues. I do, too. Which may be a great segue for the stuff I wanted you to talk about today, Karen. I have a book coming out. Yay! As of this recording, I am seven days away from a book release, and it has been... So that would be seven days away from July 1st? Yes, so July 1st. Um, so it's, you know, how do you, talk, you know, it's funny because we've talked about, like, we've talked about this, you know, my, my side gig before, but I've never, like, plugged anything, but, like, well, fuck it, I'm plugging it. That's right. Plug away. Let, this is my podcast. I can plug That's my right. shit. <laughs> so um, it's called Heartbreak Beat, and it is the first in a rock star romance series um, that I have written. And there will be several more books coming out over the course of the next few months. Um, so this has been kind of a crazy experiment. Uh, that I started a few years ago. Yes, it's taken a few years, but that's because I've been trying, I've been kind of like, you know, piling up the books so that I can, so that my, so that I can have this release strategy. And at the time, you know, I, I was working full time. I also have, I also write in another genre. So I was doing that. And, um, and also my other freelance work, um, you know, my other freelance writing work, not the PR work. So I, I have a lot on my plate usually all the time. Um, and so it's, it takes me a while to get books done. And so this has been several years in the making, but now that I've been furloughed the first, you know, the first two months of COVID I, or, or maybe six weeks, I had not been furloughed. So it was like this weird limbo time where I was not sure what I was supposed to be doing because there wasn't much work to do, but, um, and then, and then and then when I was furloughed, there was a bit of panic. Um, but then I would say maybe the past four weeks, I've actually transitioned to basically being a full-time writer, which is kind of wild. Woo-hoo. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm totally not being paid at the moment. Um, but, but, like, my day is spent, you know, writing books, outlining books, editing books, working on marketing plans for my books. Like, it's just kind of, like, really kind of crazy and kind of cool. So I think it's very cool. I'm yeah, very excited. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, you know, I feel, I feel good at the end of the day. I don't, I mean, I'm oh, exhausted. Um, and I'm definitely putting a lot of hours in for somebody who is technically unemployed, 
but um yeah but these are hours for you but these are like great hours and I just love sitting down and sort of like you know spending time with my characters and wrestling with them and figuring out like what they're going to do who like who they're going to interact with and you know like I mean I'm I'm sort of like a plotter pantser so like I plot things out but then I also let myself go and you know move in different directions I don't I'm not like rigid sticking to my plots um so I do have a bit of discovery there and that's always super fun um you know um so anyway yeah so I've got this book coming out and it's in Los Angeles and it um and it's it's a lot of fun I don't know what what else I could what what am I supposed to say about it I don't I mean I don't want you to spoil anything I would just say you know anything else you can do to, to plug it but but I encourage all of you fans of ours um, you know, check this one out. Check all of them out as they're available. Well, actually, if you're a romance reader, yes. If you're not a romance reader, it's totally cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> because mostly because, um, you know, I, again, like this is, I love, I love writing. I love doing this. This is like great, but I also write because this is how I, you know, I like, I write to make a living. And so I, I'm not very, I'm not precious about it. And so first of all, I will be the first to say if you're, you know, it's not high art, this is total genre fun shit. Um, that is just a pleasure to write and a, hopefully a pleasure to read and just like a fun romp. Um, but also this is also me talking about it with concern about the algorithms, right? So if you're somebody who only reads literary fiction and you buy my book because you're being awesome and supportive and thank you so much, it actually can skew um, the Amazon algorithms and make it harder for true fans of romance to find my book. We leave it up to you, fans. So Do what you will. If you're not a romance buyer totally don't have to buy this it's okay it's fine um because you know it will keep the algorithms intact but you can send me like like two thumbs up and stuff and like you know voices of support that's right be yeah. be of support be of support be of support so yeah so um so it's a book about uh basically us a family a, ro- a rock and roll family um, they're kind of like the basis of this. The, the dad was like, you know, like, like sort of like fronted this big band, a kind of like Pearl Jam ask one of those bands that will tour into their eighties, like the Rolling Stones, like they never sort of flamed out. Um, they're, they can constantly churn up their fans. And so he's got these kids and these kids are in a band together and they're step siblings and they have a band together. And so, and and it's all about like you know the music and living and loving in Los Angeles because obviously it's a romance uh, and so it's been super fun because I originally wrote it um, a couple of years ago for a, a very small uh, romance ebook publisher and I got the rights back and I, I'd always wanted I'd always envisioned it as a series 
Um, but the publishing house, you know, just was like one and done with it. Um, so when the rights came back to me, I was like really cool because now I can actually turn this into the series that I want to turn it into. And I originally had three sisters in it and it was going to be just three of them and a trilogy. But now as the stories expanded, like, I'm like, holy shit, I can keep this thing going for like lots of books. So like I'm, I'm working on the fourth book now. Um, I'm thinking about the, uh, like books five and six. And potentially a seven and an eight are also in the back of my mind. So, um, so it's it's kind of like it's been really cool to sort of like really dig into a series, yeah. a book series like this because I've never had um, the opportunity to do it. My other series is only three books, and I was going to keep going with that, but um, it ended at a good point. And actually, when COVID started, I was like, oh, now I can go back to the Urban Fantasy 2 and and keep that series going. And I looked over my outline for book four, and I was like, I'm not feeling this. So I'm actually going to go in a whole different direction with that. But um, but to have the series that is going to have some sort of – that looks like it could have, like, longevity has been really kind of cool to, to work on that. Very too. cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 So if you like rock and roll and romance um, – this this would be it. And also, if you listen and you have a connection at Lifetime, I do think this would be a wonderful original series. Woohoo! And I do. I already think agree. This would work for TV. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, and I think that you you could have a lot of uh, really fun tie-ins with it. Um, uh, in terms of like you know albums and all that other shit. So that, there's a lot going on here, and I think that it could be a very fun TV series as well. Or I Netflix. That, Netflix has been doing some good job, good stuff with the with the romance uh, adaptations too. So. Well, good. I hope we can get it out somewhere. Me too. So that's my update. Well, I say congratulations. I wish you luck. And Heartbreak Beat always makes me think of Psychedelic Fur as one of my favorite bands. That's so there's that. Point. That's the point. I actually, it's really funny. I usually try and do some sort of spin on a, on a song title for my titles, my book titles. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And Heartbreak Rate. And the woman, the, the our heroine in this book actually happens to be a drummer. Uh, so cool. Yeah. Super cool. So oh, rock and, and roll have, romance. What's, and I have a pen name. Love? I have a pen name. So. Do you want to share it, or is yeah. that divulging everything? No, it's I, every, it's like all over. Like everybody knows, like my other. Because we've already so, said the title. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's El Greco, like El Greco. I get it. I love it. Get it. Get it. Get it. And I'm looking at the El Greco art book I have in my bookcase, and now I will always um, think of the book. And you can uh, visit my website, uh, El Greco dot rocks. Isn't that great? Yeah, like rocks, like rocks. Ooh, Isn't that great? Awesome. I got algreco.rocks. I was like, awesome. oh my god, that's available. You should, uh, you should definitely be sure to to also put that up on the Facebook page. I will, I will. So, um, do we have anything else? Well, I think I think we're kind of good. I want to let a lot of what we just talked about linger, but I will. I would be remiss if I didn't pay tribute to one of my favorite actors who passed away during our little uh, pause, and that is Ian Holm, who Ooh, yeah. uh, probably about four days uh, prior to this recording. Um, I think there are people who know him from, from different 
sort of avenues. He definitely did a lot of Shakespeare as a classically trained actor. He was nominated for a supporting role in the movie Chariots of Fire. You know, he's very well known for being the villainous android in the Alien movie. Um, so I wanted to sort of throw out what I think is not just one of his best performances, but a great performance in what I think is one of the best movies um, I've ever seen. And that, have you ever heard of The Sweet Hereafter? Yes. I don't know. Did you see it? No. Okay. Um, so it's adapted from a novel by Russell Banks when this terrible tragedy hits this very small Canadian town. And it's sort of about what what do you do when there's no one to blame for something that is just inexplicable and, and you know, grief-causing? Uh, and Ian Holm played the character of a lawyer who comes to town to, to lead a, a class action suit against a target, which is basically just putting a name on someone who can be blamed mm. when it's really not the big, the big reason. But who else can you blame for an act of God? Right. Um, and, and, and he is the lawyer who is dealing with his own problems. He has an estranged uh, addict daughter. Um, it is just a marvelous performance in what I consider one of just the most perfect movies about the ties that bind us all in life. Um, so, so seek out the sweet hereafter from 1997 with the late great Ian Holm. Also the amazing Sarah Polly plays a, a pivotal role and it, it delivers a terrific performance in that too. It will always be one of the best movies I have ever seen. So Ian Holm, you'll oh. be missed. The sweet hereafter should be seen. Okay. Well, that was a lovely tribute. Um, I think he's a wonderful actor, and, and yeah. I was very. Uh, but God, what a life! I mean, I think he, what he was eighty-eight, maybe. I think that, so. Yeah, he was like eighty-eight. Yeah, like so. he had a long, fruitful, lovely life. So, um, uh, yeah. So, so Godspeed, Ian Holm. Yes, indeed. Um, and again, just wishing you all well and the best, and staying healthy, especially now as things reopen life may or may not be closer to the way we knew it so just be careful yeah it's still weird out there yeah it's perhaps weirder yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know what to make of things as this as shit starts opening up um where are you guys in your phases now what what um have we you, st have you just started, started we just started phase two okay so have you started indoor dining yet no, only outdoor dining. Okay. So we have people out in the middle of the street, you know, being served and sitting still sort of on top of each other and, and carrying around, you know, their drinks like it's a tailgate. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. I think that's I think it's absolutely hilarious. It's like every block is a block party. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Everyone. Yeah. It's like, well, it's June. We're tired of being indoors. School's out. Time for summer. So. We're, we're now being extra careful because we were so used to it looking more ghost town like and that was eerie in one sense and now it's oh but people are there and there's still a virus so be yeah, careful but part of me wonders like am I reacting to things because we have been so cautious and like when you when we were going out there was nobody else out there it was very do you know what I mean and so like after a few months it becomes your new normal and so when things change again you you obviously there's some feelings of unease and maybe it's not so bad you know I mean the thing is we don't know I know see because like, I, I don't think people I mean I think now is a 
uh, people are acting, I think, more carelessly than they should is, I guess, right. my thing. Yeah, no, I definitely, um, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I don't understand why people are having such an issue with masks. I don't get it. No. Just wear the damn mask. No. I, it's not a political statement. Just wear a fucking mask. You yeah. know, we, I mean, we pretty much stuck to the, the our new ways of life that we started three months ago. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, like, astounding to me where people are, like, bitching and moaning about it. Well, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, well, what if it does? The you know, it's not going to kill you. That, so yeah. yeah, no, like, you in, don't in know fact, that. It and might do the opposite, you. so yeah. Yeah, and these are the same people that bitch that everything was shut down. And it's like, well, dude, if you don't wear the friggin' mask and, like, you are transmitting a virus, everything's going to shut down again. Yeah. You can't fucking win. No. You really because can't. Pe- because people are terrible. People are insane. But we like you guys. Yeah. We, we love you guys. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> don't be nuts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um so I think we're good. Um I, I guess think we'll we're great. See you I guess is if I survive my book release, I'll see you guys but we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> yeah. We can talk more about that. But in the meantime, you guys wish Karen luck and spread the word. Yes. Or I should say L. Wish L luck. We'll, wish L luck. Spread the word to your romance novel reading friends. Yes. All right. And with that, we will we will part for a week. If there's stuff out there you guys do want us to talk about, as always, hit us up on our, our Facebook page, Back on the Block Pod, and let us know. Yeah. And uh, give us five stars on iTunes. Please, please, please. Thank you. All right, kids. We will see you guys next time. See you next time on the block. Bye. <laughs>